RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 94. We are on the air. I'm your host, Tim Loy, as always, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. We've got Greg Hopkins on again with us as well this week. Gentlemen, it was another uh, another bloodbath this past week at UFC 231. Greg, how 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 you doing, man? Are you are you recovering at all from the uh, the shit show that was this past weekend? Um, it was a shit show for me all the way around. I <clears throat> completely died everywhere. Uh, it's a, it was like uh, the word atrocious was brought into play, <laughs> and I don't think that's exactly what it was for me, of course. Yeah, yeah, me, me as well, Justin. Uh, you didn't do a whole lot better. Uh, I, I don't. I know as far as our picks here go. I don't know how you did out there in the real world. Uh, how, how did it go for you? I broke about even um, in real life, but I did did pretty bad on the show. <clears throat> uh, it was a great night of fights, so man. I'm one of the best cards we've had in a while. It was. It was exciting for sure. That's that. That is uh, definitely uh, a good word for it. We're going to recap that now. Uh, just a little bit uh, later in the show, we've got the All American Kid Sid Wheeler will join us for an interview ahead of his main event for Brave Combat Federation number twenty. That's coming up next weekend in India. So it'll be exciting to catch up with Sid the Kid, and then we will uh, dive back into the deep with uh, our pigs for uh, the UFC on Fox card as well as the doubleheader. <laughs> for Bellator this weekend. Uh, but first, like I said, we're going to dive into this UFC 231 card, uh, see what went right, what went wrong. There was a lot of wrong. Uh, there were. We started off with the Fox Sports. No, I'm sorry, not the Fox Sports, the Fight Pass. We started off with the Fight Pass prelims, and uh, there were four of them. And uh, we, we started off with a lot of action, a lot of finishes. And, uh, you know, Alexander Rockage, he, he led the show off, got a round one uh, KO uh, after a Big spinning back fist and beats uh, Devin Clark finishes as a big favorite. Um, he got dropped himself early, so I was sweating it, but uh, he ends up finishing uh, Devin Clark off in the first round. Uh, CDF, Carlos Diego Fea uh, gets a second round, <laughs> round and pound TKO win over Kyle Nelson, who had stepped up and taken that fight on very short notice. Didn't really have too bad a showing there in the first round, but uh, just uh, too much too soon, I think, as uh, CDF uh, moves to 14 and two with that win. Uh, Diego Lima pulls a huge upset and just upsets all kinds of parlays on this end uh, and for Greg as well and, and Justin, I think, actually. Uh, Diego Lima uh, climbs to 13 and seven with a big round one uh, walk-off knockout. And uh, that was exactly the opposite of how <laughs> we all pretty much uh, anticipated it going. Uh, and finally, rounding out the uh, the fight pass prelims, uh, Brad Katona gets a unanimous decision win over Matthew Lopez. Uh, that was one that we were all on the right side of um justin uh talk a little bit about the uh, early prelims there uh when we're right what went wrong for you and diego lima just trashed me i had him in a parlay with with brad katona um and you know like you said he, he just came in came out there and and uh you know just, he just landed a massive head kick in the first round brad katona looked really well um almost got the submission as, uh, uh, 
not sure there's some kind of some controversy going on whether that should have been stopped or not but um ended up still getting the win and made a good show and for himself too yeah you know speaking of that ending there i guess that's something we could have touched on uh you know that was uh, a fight where uh katona had a, a deep choke there matthew lopez never tapped but at the at the at the bell it appeared that he may have been out i mean he came to he wasn't he wasn't uh completely unconscious i don't suppose but he was uh, unable to stand up and walk to his corner and you know they say you can't be saved by the bell but uh it was that was kind of a touchy one there they ended up uh saying that it was no stoppage and uh the right guy got the win though uh greg your thoughts on these early prelims um uh, diego lima really uh, put it on us there uh but uh katona got got a little bit of got a little bit of money back for you uh on that lima fight right before it started yeah, in the real world, I was sitting here looking at the odds, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I threw a pretty good chunk down on him right before the game. <laughs> I mean, I put a pretty good chunk down. It was it was some cheese, and um, when he knocked him out, I was jumping up in there, and I had my girl and her son in the bed. They were both sleeping this time. Yeah, I jumped up again, woke them both up. Uh, <clears throat> but I enjoyed all the prelim fights, but that uh, – I, there was what was up with the referees this week? Like they were the officials, they pissed poor. I think. I mean, yeah, there were some really. There were some some instances I recall being like, man, they should. This fight should probably, you know, this fight should probably be stopped. That was maybe that wasn't on this. There was, a, I think, there was an LFA fight. Uh, there was an LFA fight on Friday where I, God, I can't remember who was fighting, but there was a guy. That one guy just got beat. I mean, he got the shit beat out of him for about the last minute. The guy hit him like so many times. The commentary guys are begging him to stop the fight. And I don't think he ever, I, they may, I can't, I can't remember if they ever did. He may, he may have at the very end, but like this referee was uh, borderline negligent. There was some, uh, there was some crazy official that you get up into Canada. Who knows what you're going to get uh, at the, at the Fox sports one prelims. We had four more uh, bouts and then we, we stopped getting finishes at this point. Uh, we had four straight, uh, decisions. Uh, the first one was a split decision. Uh, Elias Teodoro, the Spartan, uh, gets a split decision over your boy, Eric Anders. That costs all of us some cheese there. Uh, close fight, man. Uh, I thought Anders was, I thought Anders was a little tentative and just pulling the trigger. Um, especially when, uh, Elias started to slow down. Elias fought just a, a stellar first round. <laughs> like it was like really, really good. His angles were great. He was, he was, he was moving, and then they started to slow down. And Anders came back, and I think he got the second round, third round. Um, I thought that Eric just really needed to pick up the pace and, and throw more, and he and he just didn't do enough and uh, loses the split decision. Uh, Jessica I takes a split decision as well over the favorite Caitlin Chukagian, which just uh, pretty much sunk Justin on several levels, if I can recall. Uh, Gilbert Burns gets a unanimous decision over OAM, and um, that was another one uh, in the in the real world. I actually did jump on Gilbert Burns there and, and won a little bit, but um, didn't pull the trigger on our picks panel on that one. I wish I would have. And then uh, the other one that really kind of just killed us all, uh, Nina Ansaroff, unanimous decision win over Claudia Gedalia. And that one really just just sunk everyone on any kind of parlays they had. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the Fox Sports One prelims? I enjoyed all those spots. That burn spot, though, really, uh, <clears throat> I didn't expect that gunner. Uh, there, the, uh, Charles Oliveira fight, I believe, should have been stopped a lot sooner as well. 
like and that the, the thing that pisses me off about that whole whole night that night other than Ortega because I really I really wanted I really thought he was going to win uh but did it and uh but that all the verify after I turned around and won all that big chunk of cheese I saw Oliveira walking out, and he was just all happy. And I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, he's, he's gonna get, he's probably gonna get his ass whooped right now. And I was just thinking, I was like, he's oh, he's gonna, he's happy. I was like, he's always like this. And I said, but I, said, I remember when Donald Cerrone whooped him though, pretty good. I was like, I want to see if, uh, I want to see if he's got. And I turned around, and took everything I won, put it down on Oliveira, and then, uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> on Gunner. No, 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 I put it on a. Uh, sorry, God, uh, Oliveira, right? Yeah, yeah, cowboy. Yeah, cowboy. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here looking at my notes tonight with the other Oliveira. So I'm sorry. I'm sitting here getting off, getting yeah. on. But yeah, I thought that thing with that elbow was bad. Did you see the stitches that they had to put in his head? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I saw it. Oh man, look at like twenty twenty something stitches right there. That was just leaking. That was awful. But yeah, that whole the fight car was full of blood and everything. It was great. I enjoyed the whole prelim fight uh, and the fight passes. All of them was great. Justin, your thoughts on the uh, Fox Sports 1 portion? Uh, unfortunately, Anders didn't get it done for us, and uh, we also uh, lost on Gedalia. Yeah, uh, Caitlin Chikagan got me, too. Yeah. The split decisions, those are some of the toughest ones to lose on. Um, OAM, you know, I, I, I thought he was going to show up, and I don't know, he's, he's a tough kid. He just uh, he just doesn't have that, that next-level talent. Um, Nina Ansaroff, Definitely showed up and and uh, answered some questions. I think she's on a four fight win streak now, and uh, I don't think anybody was expecting her to to beat uh, Claudia like that. Um, you know, uh, pretty good performance from her as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a big win for Ansaroff, and uh, and at the same time, a, a big loss uh, for Claudia. It's kind of uh, she's in a spot. You know, where does she go from here? Uh, going into the pay per view, man, we got a freaking great fight, uh, uh, and we and we all knew it would be. Uh, it was a light heavyweight action. Tiago Santos uh, gets a second round a knockout win over Jimmy Manawa. And, uh, man, those guys were really trading some big shots. Both guys showed uh, a lot of resolve and being rocked. Both both guys were rocked in the first round. Man, while he landed his fair share, too. Uh, most of us uh, were on Santos there, which was good. Uh, he really he really put on a, a great performance, and I, I think he surely will get moved up into a, a, a big fight here next. Uh, Hakeem, uh, mean Hakeem Dawadu gets a split decision win over Kyle Bokniak. It was Probably should have been. I don't really see Bokniak winning that fight. Um, I, I took him on our picks and, and lost, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, Dawadu probably definitely won all all the rounds. Honestly, I, I don't see how that would have been a split decision. He didn't like it either. Uh, Gunnar Nelson gets a submission, rear naked choke over uh, Cowboy Alex Oliveira, second round, um, and include, improves to seventeen and three. So. Um, Justin, your thoughts on uh, the the undercard of the main card, if you will? Uh, man, that first one, the light heavyweight Santos and Manoa, they really uh, lit it up. I love Tiago Santos at, at light heavyweight. Um, just not having to cut down that extra twenty pounds. I mean, he's just he's just a hitter up there. Um, the the Bokniak decision was kind of weird. It was two judges scored it. Uh, Dawadu thirty twenty seven all three rounds. And then one judge scored it um, 28-29 for uh, Bokniak. So I don't know. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know who that judge was. It may have been a, a mistake there. Um, yeah, Dawadu, you know, he clearly won every every round. Uh, and then Gunnar Nelson and uh, Oliveira, man, that was a a good fight up until up until the uh, the elbow landed, and that was definitely top five nastiest cuts I've ever seen. Yeah, I thought that was between that and the uh, primetime Adam Townsend cut. We had two really gruesome ones this weekend and both do both from, you know, just nasty elbows that were uh, landed, you know, somewhat early uh, in the fight. Uh, co-main event. Uh, this one had a lot of hype behind it. It was to crown a flyweight champion and uh, Valentina Shevchenko uh, with a fairly dominant unanimous decision win over Joanna Yandrechik. Uh, and, uh, you know, we all bit pretty much, you uh, uh, on uh, on that Shevchenko uh, uh, part of a uh, part, it, it, it hit on several of our parlays. That was uh, one that most all of us got on Shevchenko and, and got that one right. Um, and then, uh, and of course, in the main event, it was uh, ooh wee. Uh, I just had a bad feeling once they started. Like I, I was on Ortega all the way, and I, and I went heavy on him in, in the real world as well. We all liked uh, T City except for Justin, who went with Holloway, got the win, and it was. Honestly, I mean, Ortega put up a good fight, but Holloway just showed to me that, I mean, he's the man. I mean, he's so good. And how dare I ever fade him? You know, like what the what the fuck was I thinking? Greg. Yeah, I'm with you on that, because as he was walking out, <clears throat> I was sitting there thinking, I was like, Ortega's a beast and everything. And I just <laughs> I, I was betting with my heart there. Uh, and that was fucking stupid. But I mean, I like Ortega. I'm still a fan. And uh I mean, if they fought again, I would probably bet the other way. Even walking out, I was like, wow, I think that just got faded. And uh, I'll tell you what, though, uh, Juana, she really impressed me in those last rounds of that fight, really. Like, I didn't – I really didn't think she was going to do anything after that second second round going into the third to the fourth. I was like – and then she just she just came back alive. And uh, kind of on the edge of my seat on that one, I really enjoyed it. And the, uh, But that Holloway-Ortega fight was uh, – a good display of heart for an you know an actual fighter, you know somebody who got in there and fought and didn't didn't back down and uh, he never stopped. You know he got he got he got stopped by the referee stopped it. You know I'm not the referee, I'm sorry, the doctor, right? Yeah, it was doctor stopped. Yeah, yeah. So that was just that was a sad that sucked. But I mean I didn't really want to keep seeing that for another whole round because he wasn't going down. You know. Yeah, yeah, almost too tough for his own good there, which you know he's known to be, and he, and he is he is he's pulled out some fights out of his ass, you know. In the past, he's come back and won some fights that he was definitely losing. So, you know, you had to give the benefit of the doubt up to that point. Uh, for the record, I don't think I ever said it, but uh, that fight stopped by the doctor in between the fourth and fifth rounds. Uh, Holloway, um, Holloway really just touched up uh, his his eye; it was swollen, pretty much shut, and he was just a mess. Uh, Justin, your thoughts? on the uh, main and the co-main. Uh, I was also impressed with Joanna. I didn't think that she was going to hear that final bell. Um, the two biggest takeaways from that fight, I think, were the spinning back kicks from Shevchenko um, and and the trips um, into side control. I I was surprised that Joanna was able to get up as, as, easy, as easily as she was, though. I thought that um, Shevchenko was probably going to get on top of her like that and then just just be too much, too heavy, um, and finish her, you know, with, with some heavy ground and pound from there. But Joanna was able to get up uh, every time, you know, but 
she was slammed down hard each time and, and those spinning back kicks again, man, those were just beautiful out of nowhere. I mean, no, no setup, nothing, just, you know, just launch them and, and landing them perfect every time. Um, and, you know, with the main event, one weird thing to me going into this was that, you know, when these guys were scheduled to fight last time, um, Max was a two to one favorite going into that fight and nothing, you know, nothing's changed. You know, Ortega hasn't beaten anybody. Max hasn't, you know, hasn't fought anybody. So nothing's really changed other than, you know, I guess the the narrative that, uh, you know, that Max couldn't make the weight or that he was unhealthy or, or whatever. Um, and I think some places had this closing at uh, two to one for Brian Ortega this time. Um, and, you know, this the stand up is just it, it just there's no comparison you know, between Holloway's one of the best strikers in the UFC, any division, any weight class right now, uh, and Ortega just doesn't have that doesn't have that that stand up skill. Even when they went to the ground, though, you know, Holloway was going for submissions down there, and um, you know, just showing him that he, he could play that game too. Um, but yeah, man, Max is, uh, you know, as long as as long as he stays at forty five, you know, I don't I don't see anybody. I don't know who there is. You know, he, he's pretty much beaten everybody. He's on like a twelve fight win streak right now, and um, I think Frankie Edgar and uh, um, uh, Chad Mendez maybe the only two, you know, up in in the top seven or eight that he hasn't already beaten. Um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens. They're talking about him moving up to lightweight, but you know, it's a whole fiasco up there right now too. So. I like to see him him stay at a featherweight and and cement himself as you know an all time great at featherweight and before he moves up. Um, but Brian Ortega will be back. I mean, you know, kid's got a crazy amount of heart. He you know he left it all out there and um, you know he was still firing back at the end. So um, when once he gets you know s- some some uh, development on the feet, I think uh, you know he'll come a long ways. But you know, Max. Max showed, you know, uh, who the blessed one was. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm excited to see where they go with that. Anybody? Uh, I mean, you think it's possible we see Max and Connor? That's I would I love to. That. Yeah, I was about to say. Does that does that really strike anything to say how good Connor McGregor might actually really be? He's had two losses, you know, now back to back. One of them's boxing, one of them's MMA. Uh, uh, does he come back for the money fight with Diaz? Does he come back to reclaim his title that he never defended at 145? Like, what? I mean, what, what does he do from here? That's, that's interesting too. Yeah, the only, I mean, go the ahead. only thing that the only thing that doesn't make sense to me about it is is for Max. I mean, there's not a title on the line. He'd just be going up. It would be a big money fight. Um, but you know, again, Connor's coming off of a loss, so it's not. You know, if if Connor came came out and won a couple fights. And you know, put himself back in title contention. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I just don't. I, I just don't see a lot of. I just don't see a lot of gain for Max in that fight. I think if Max goes up, I mean, he needs to fight the winner of of um, Khabib and and uh, Tony Ferguson. I love Max Holloway and Tony Ferguson. Man, that that's a that's a crazy fight. I like it too. So uh, well, there is the argument, I guess. That I mean. <laughs> Has Connor Connor has he ever lost at 145? Not in the UFC. <laughs> so there is that argument. 
in the argument, he knocked out the pound for pound greatest fighter, in my opinion, at 145 in 13 seconds. I mean, that's that's just something that's very notable in the argument to give Conor McGregor a shot at 145. But he 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 with his whiskey deal, why would he why would he even think about doing anything right now? Yeah, there's a couple things. I don't think that Connor's going back to 145. If they do fight, it's going to have to be at, at 55. And, you know, Connor did knock out the best in 13 seconds, but sometimes that just happens. Max knocked him yeah, out the, in the third the round thing. twice. Yeah. Max whooped his ass for three rounds and then knocked him out twice. You know, there was no, there, there's no chance of that being a gimmick. Connor definitely fought a, a totally different Max. Holloway than, than what we're talking about now. It was five years ago. He was like 22 years old at the time or something. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Connor fan, but there's no way I, I take Connor in that fight. I think Max finishes Connor fairly easily. Would you pay to see a uh, Connor rematch with Aldo at 155? I would. It's just, it's just a weird, right now is a weird time for Connor for me. I, I feel like he needs. To, he needs a win. He doesn't need to to fight a big fight like that. That would be, you know, something something good for the hardcore. He he needs he needs to to get himself some more limelight. I mean, if he if he loses again, you know, everything's gone. He needs to gone. prove himself a fighter. Is what he needs to do right now. Yeah, you know, all all the the nostalgia is gone if he loses again. So he needs to yeah. fight somebody that's going to be a good, entertaining fight. You know, they're talking about Poirier. I think that's a pretty good option. Um, he should win that fight, and um, you know, and, and Poirier is right there at the top, so it puts him right back in title contention. Um, but I paid that one. I like that. Yeah, I, I I think that's the one that that they'll end up making. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I would love to see both those fights. I'd love to see Max and and Connor again, and I'd love to see Jose Aldo and, and Connor again. Um, just not well, not Connor's next. No, yeah, but then Connor's coach say something about him. <clears throat> I don't know. If, I I don't know that this is all speculation, but I've heard that he's mentioned that Connor may not fight again. He may just say, "I, I don't need it no more. I don't want to do it." Is that, yeah. is that did he hear anything? Yeah, I guess Kavanaugh said that he would before he would train Connor again. He would need a good explanation as to why he was doing it, and Apparently, you, yeah. you know he wouldn't. He wasn't planning on just letting him go fight. You know, he needed a good reason why. Okay. Sorry to get off get off topic tonight. Oh no, I like it. I like it. That's how that's how we get good conversation going, no doubt. I, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, where this whole thing goes. I think that's a good point. You know, does he really need to do that? Like all, when all he can truly do at this point is 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 tarnish what he's built unless he unless he goes about it the right way. So you want to just be haphazard here. I would have to uh, definitely agree. Uh, that does it for our UFC 231 wrap up. When all the dust was settled. This is how uh, how it all shook out. It wasn't good. Um, uh, the win, the only winning picks I was able to provide last week uh, was the Chad Priest Diego Lima under one and a half rounds. Uh, I got a measly two units on that at plus one forty five. I got the over one and a half just barely. If they'd stopped it when they probably should have, I probably would have lost. But just barely, I got the over one and a half on the Cowboy uh, Oliveira and Gunnar Nelson fight. I got ten units uh, on that one and one eight point three three. From there, it was all downhill. Losses on Ortega, losses on Bogniak, Anders. Uh, 
you know, it, it was just bad. It was Claudia Gadelia blew up my, my parlays and, and that was uh, good for me to be down a total of 31.77 units of my possible starting 100, leaving me with 68.23 to, uh, to play with for the rest of the month of December. Greg Hopkins, uh, it was worse. Uh, he the only uh, wins he's able to muster the same uh, play. I actually followed him on, uh, to tell the truth. Ten units on over one and a half rounds. Just barely we got there on Cowboy and Gunner, and he also got five units on Brad Katona. From there, it was bad. He loses on Anders, OAM, Gedalia. Uh, the Tiago Santos just barely didn't go over one and a half. He, he barely lost out on that one uh, and also loses on uh, T-City. Uh, with me, uh, he loses a total of 61.96 units, bringing him to 38.03 to play with for December. Justin Watson had the uh, uh, really the most wins, I guess, of any of us. He, if you look at it here, he actually was uh, he had three wins on eight uh, plays, uh, winning on Thiago Santos, uh, Gunnar Nelson, and Max Holloway, uh, and then losing on Chikagian, OAM, Anders, and um, and uh, uh, the, the Chad Priest uh, blew up his parlay with Katona. He uh, ends up losing a total of 49.22 units, leaving him 50.78 to play with. It was not a good first week, guys. We've got a lot of action here this week to try to make it up. Now, next week's going to be nearly dead because it's Christmas weekend. That leaves us one more event uh, or one more weekend of fights after this week, just so everybody knows in your budgeting of your units, we've got the big end of the year event still uh, coming up to close out uh, December with the John Jones uh, return. That does it for our recap of UFC 231. Before we dive into our picks for next week, let's get to our interview now with Sid the Kid Wheeler. All right, on the line, we have got super prospect, the All-American Kid, Sydney Wheeler, he's getting ready to main event yet again out at the Brave Combat Federation 20. It's coming up here uh, in just about a week now by the time this airs. Uh, Sid, how's it going, man? We appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us tonight. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm actually at the sauna right now. Just got done training. Try to cut a couple pounds. <clears throat> feeling good, man. Feeling real good. I love good. fighting at 185. <laughs> that's a, that's actually what I was going to get into pretty quickly here. You know, you've been kind of going back and forth from 170 to 185. You know, you showed that you could make that 170. Uh, but we haven't really talked to you too much on here since you have. Talk a little bit about making that cut. Did it did it uh, drain you? Did you, did you not feel, as, you know, you still have gotten some wins at 170 now. Uh, you know, is did, did you feel the toll of that cut? Uh, is it a situation where you really just want to have as much energy? You know, you're a guy, you fought for us many times it's a is a situation where you want to just feel as good as you can possibly feel out there uh come fight time versus having maybe a little size advantage but feeling depleted yeah i think the 170 cut was just too hard on my body um especially going overseas you don't have all the uh benefits like you did here in the states you know they don't have like the same kind of saunas and they don't have uh they don't even have epsom salt a lot of places you go and I use Epsom salt a lot in order to cut weight. Um, so I, I naturally walk around at about two two oh five. So the one seventy cut was just just absolutely you know horrific. And like, like last fight, I couldn't even I didn't even play. Uh, there was a couple other you know factors in that, 
you know, weight cut. We got there late and everything, but, um, you know, 170, I don't think is my weight. I'd rather be a little, a little smaller than everybody, but have a full gas tank. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. That especially with your style of fighting, if, uh, if you've ever seen Sid Wheeler fight, he is—he's uh, all action. He pushes the pace, and then uh, you know that's part of your uh, advantage on guys is the the pace that you can push, staying up in their face, making them have to work. So you know, if you've got that full gas tank and you're not fading, then I've got to imagine that that you know plays to your advantage. Let's talk a little bit about this main event you've got coming up here in about a week. Uh, you'll be going to India. I'm going to assume it is your first time going to India. Uh, talk a little bit about that uh you know but fighting for brave is taking you all, all over the world already so you're really getting to experience a lot of other cultures and uh getting to to travel which is really cool uh talk a little bit about this trip to india what you're looking forward to there and then let's talk a little bit about the fight you're, you're fighting from what i can gather an italian uh in india i don't know if maybe he's maybe he's got roots in india or, or how that how that's all kind of come together maybe you can shed some light on it but it's uh is it uh is it leon uh aliu or is it is it maybe leon well if uh if you eat a lot of italian or spaghetti and pizza i think you have to pronounce it leon but if yeah. you don't then you just say if you're from backwoods tennessee or georgia you say leon yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, if you're from East Tennessee or, or North Georgia, we'd probably call him Leon. Yeah, Leon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a, Leon is a, uh, he's a good fighter for sure. He's probably one of the best fighters I'm, I'm going to face. Um, he's strong. He's, he's, he's big, durable. Um, uh, it's going to be a really, really great fight. I, <clears throat> you know, the plan is always a fire move, you know, make him come to me. Uh, fight my fight the way I, I'm used to fighting. I kind of got out of that and kind of got into a kind of a just a not. I, I went into a lot of all my fights that I've lost. I went into with a bad a bad head, a bad head case. You know, going to the ground when I shouldn't have against guys that are straight on the ground. Um, but Brave is a wonderful promotion. On another topic, Brave is awesome. They have really they really take care of their fighters. They they have. Uh, I've done things that probably most kids, 22-year-old and 21-year-old kids will never do, you know, their whole life. Um, got to see the world, which is the whole reason I started fighting. So I really appreciate Brave. I really appreciate the opportunity they give me. Um, seeing these cultures, seeing these places, it's just, it's absolutely wonderful. It's, uh, it's just a, a really great experience. And I am going to win. I go to every fight to win. I don't go to lose. I don't go to draw. I go to win. So it'll be a very exciting fight. Going to throw good straight shot. Going to be moving. Going to be big. I've been bulking up, cutting down, losing the weight in the right places, putting it on in the right in the right place. So it's going to be a great, fascinating stand-up match between me and Leon. Talk a little bit about training for this one. Uh, I know I've seen you going around to some various places, kind of broadening your uh, horizons as far as training goes. I've seen you up. Uh, I saw a picture of you training with uh, OSP. I saw you training with the American Killer Bees guys. Uh, of course, you're uh, you know you're you're a man on the move as always. Uh, talk a little bit about training uh, for this one. Uh, well, I train you know every day at the Red Bank Boxing Gym. It's just a community club, and I've got a really good kickboxing instructor named Jeff Powell. My boxing coach is always Rocky Quinn. We're really hitting it hard there. Uh, they have a Olympic-sized boxing ring, bags, you know. We have a whole well-rounded facility to train at. I go and run, you know, my five miles every other day at, the, you know, at another gym, which is 
you know, understood. It's just a regular, like a gold gym or something. The YMCA right. here in town. And then I go to Killer Bees at least twice a week, man. Them guys are uh, really good up there. He's got a good thing going. David has got a really good class going on Wednesday nights. We have open sparring, and uh, then we do a wrestling or a jiu-jitsu practice afterwards. So I love going up there, sparring in Cleveland with those guys. Billy, you know, Big Billy Swanson, David's there, Joseph's there. Uh, just a really good gym, a lot of looks for me. And I did uh, cross-train up in Knoxville with OSP, and he is an animal. Man, <laughs> that man is massive. I thought I was big until I stood up beside that man's massive. He's a uh, he's a wonderful athlete. He's a good person. Um, really, really, really cares about mixed martial arts. Cares about up and coming fighters. I think. So uh, I'm probably going to try to train there a little bit more at KMAA up in Knoxville if I can. Very good to hear, man. Well, I definitely uh, am looking forward to uh, seeing you throw down next weekend. Uh, before we let you go, buddy, I'm going to let you get some shout outs for their due, any kind of sponsor love, training partners you want to give some love to. And then also make sure you let us know where we can follow you on social media. Let's keep that uh, that growing out there. You're an entertaining guy to follow on social media. And then uh, where we can watch this this whole uh, soiree go down uh, next weekend on Brave. How can How can we tune in here and when will it be on here? Um, okay, well, first off, I'd like to thank, you know, my parents for all their support, uh, Rocky Quinn and Jeff Powell. They are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful coaches and really taking a lot of time and investment in me, um, and I really appreciate it. Next off, my sponsors, I mean, they allow me to fight and train. You know, Ed and Tammy Cagle, my number one sponsor. They are awesome. They're always there for me, win, lose, or draw. They love me. I love them. So helpful uh, financially and uh emotionally they're good people they really really are stand-up people they helped me so much they've helped me ever since i was 18 years old and uh they are just they are the backbone of sid the kid and uh i've got rock spring tire they helped me with my with my my car stuff uh you know that, that, that's a big deal when you drive a jaguar <laughs> <laughs> um but they helped me out and uh you know all the guys up in Cleveland, for sure. They they they're good uh, good training partners. Give me a lot of good looks and stuff. Um, you can watch the fight on slowcombat.com, I believe, or you can go to Brave's YouTube channel and tune in there. Okay, and and talk and tell us about the diff, the time difference. Like uh, you know, in India, when do you are you do you know yet what the I don't when, what know it'll be quite like? Yet. Don't know quite yet, but you can always tune in to Brave's Instagram or Facebook page, and they will post times of the you know starting fight, the date, and they are twelve hours ahead. So just keep that you know just keep that in mind. If they're twelve hours ahead, you know, uh, if I'm fighting at say you know it's the twenty second there when it's the twenty first here, so I'll be fighting the twenty second in, in in India. It'll be the twenty I think the twenty second, and it'll be back the twenty first here. Okay, so it'll be it'll probably be if they're twelve hours ahead and you're probably fighting in the realm of like ten o'clock at night there. It'll probably be uh, late morning here. Something like that, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm horrible at telling time. I hear you. I hear you. Well, and also, before we let you go, man, how can people follow you on social media and keep up with Sid the Kid and all of your uh, all of your doing? Uh, my Instagram is at Sid the Kid. I think there's some underscores in there. Uh, Facebook's just Sydney Wheeler. And that's pretty much all I'm on. Uh, yep, just Sid the Kid on Instagram and Sydney Wheeler on Facebook. Follow me, like my pictures. Uh, 
Just don't send me any inappropriate pictures. <laughs> Once again, this has been the All-American Kid, Sidney Wheeler. He's getting ready to main event at Brave Combat Federation number 20. It's going down here in about a week in India on the 22nd over there. It'll be the 21st here. Make sure you follow Brave and Sid the Kid so you can find out how you can watch this big main event. I promise it will not disappoint. Thanks a lot for the time, Sid. Best of skills next week in India. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Okay, that wraps up our interview portion of the program. Let's dive into some picks now. It is the UFC on Fox and Bellator. This weekend, we've got a, a, a double. First, we'll start off with Bellator. We've got a doubleheader. And uh, this is going to be Friday night uh, to begin with. It's Bellator 212. And this is a uh, salute to the troops show. They're putting on uh, an association with the USO. It's going to be on Paramount and also the the Armed Forces Network. Um Looks like we've got uh, five bouts on the main card. Uh, we've got a female flyweights opening it up. It's Juliana Velasquez, minus 245, over Alejandra Lara, the Colombian, at plus 185. And then uh, also uh, to open up the first couple bouts there, Derek Campos has been bet up to be a pretty big favorite now, minus 425 over uh, familiar face uh, UFC vet Sam Cecilia, who's plus 320. Uh, Justin, uh, any thoughts on these first couple? I like the the Sam Cecilia and, and uh, Derek Campos fight. I think those odds might be a little stretched. Um, Sam Cecilia hasn't done anything in a while, but um, you know he's, he's got explosive power and and you know he he can stop anybody in in the division. Um, I'm not gonna wouldn't make any plays on on any of these, uh, but I think that's a good one to watch for. Uh, with the odds the way they are, uh, I'm you know taking a flyer there. Greg, uh, would you uh, make any plays on these first couple? Um, no, off the fight path? No, we're on Bellator 212 first. Uh, this is, uh, we're talking uh, Juliana Velasquez, Alejandra Lara, or Derek Campos, Sam Cecilia. Oh, no, no play on that. I'm, okay, no, no play on that. I'm sorry. I've got to agree with Justin that there is potentially a little bit of value now with Cecilia all the way up at plus 320. I The, the odds opened at Campos more like minus 300 or so. And that felt about right because, I mean, Campos is, has beat better guys than Cecilia, really. And Cecilia is not you – know, I mean, he's got good power. He might could crack him. I suppose, but uh, it's still an uphill climb. I would pass. It's a dog or pass situation. I still just can't get myself to take to, to take Cecilia even at plus three twenty. Uh, Velasquez is an interesting one there. Laura is good. She she's only lost to very good people. She lost to that Sabina Maza, uh, the LFA champion, and uh, she lost to someone else that that was good. Uh, Velasquez though has got some good wins. She beat that Tatiana. Uh, Bernardo, um, she's she's pretty solid. At minus 245, I could potentially see throwing her into a parlay here down the road. But as far as a straight play, I am going to pass as well. Um, that gets us on to our next couple fights. We've got the feature bout, AJ McKee, uh, undefeated 12-0. and 0. Uh, He is minus 850, taking on uh, the Englishman, Daniel Crawford, who takes this fight on pretty short notice. He's plus 520. Uh, and then the heavyweights in the co Main event it's Javier Ayala minus one thirty five over Frank Mir is plus one fifteen. Greg, your thoughts on these two? Uh, I'm gonna 
parlay J- uh, Ed- uh, McKee later on down the stretch. Uh, he's obviously going to be parlayed in there, being twelve and zero. And then, as far as Frank Mir goes, <laughs> every time I fade Frank Mir, he fucking wins. And every time I like, every time I bet like like on him, and I think he's going to do good, he ends up losing like miserably. I mean, I, so I'll probably have no play on the Frank Mir. Uh, even though I also right now I'm I'm, I'm I think he loses this spot, but I'm gonna uh, parlay McKee down there later, and uh, I know we got a good main event there that night, so <clears throat> move it. I know I'm gonna uh, take Chandler and something, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. So well, we'll get to, we'll get to the main event here here next. Um, the yeah. uh, for for me, um, man, I I would have to agree. McKee's going to be a pretty good parlay piece. I don't see this guy having anything for him, honestly. And I'm really interested to see McKee get stepped up after this. You know, I'd really like to see him take on a contender um, after after he beats this guy. And the price, I mean, eight fifty is still crazy. I mean, you can't play it on its own. You've got to parlay it with something. Um, man, I'm with you on this co-main event. It's hard to read. Uh, Mirrors. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he he's he's supposed to be the. I mean, he, I'm sure he's the more skilled fighter. Ayala's really just kind of a banger, but he's tough as shit, and he hits hard. And, and and he and he knocked out the last Russian that he faced. I think that he was not supposed to beat. So, uh, man, I really could could see Ayala just putting it on Mir's chin and knocking him out here. Uh, minus one thirty five seems like a pretty decent value to tell you the truth. So uh, I am going to go with Ayala. Uh, for five units, and uh, that is at uh, at minus one thirty-five. Uh, Justin, any any plays for uh, for, for you? Um, the AJ McKee that'll just kind of be you know a showcase fight for him. Uh, I won't won't touch that at those odds just because you know it's still a fight. Um, I'm ready to see Frank Mir retire. Ayola, his, that the win that you're talking about was against Kurt. Uh, Ton off. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. Last, yeah, his last two, he, he's got coming off two losses, a knockout to Czech Congo. Um, but like you said, I, mean, I don't know. Frank Mir's chin is just way too suspect for me to, to play with. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't play on that either. All right, that brings us to the main event. This is a rematch, and it's it's kind of an interesting situation, and and I'm excited for it. It's a good main event. Uh, we've got a, a lightweight world championship fight as uh, the the champion is Brent Primus, who is coming off of a big upset uh, injury stoppage over uh, Michael Chandler, who was uh, he hurt his ankle in the uh, in the first fight. And uh, there's a, so that was an injury stoppage. And that was the last time Primus fought. That's been over two years ago. In the meantime, Chandler has fought and won a couple fights and, and has just now, I guess, gotten back to wanting to, to get his title back. That's kind of interesting to me because, uh, you know, with a, with, a, with a kind of a fluky stoppage like that, one would think that he would be rushed right back into a rematch or something at least uh, sooner than two years down the road. Uh, Chandler is a huge favorite at minus 525. Primus coming back at plus 415. Very, uh, very rare do you see the defending champion at those type underdog odds. But I think they're probably well-deserved. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and throw Chandler into a uh, into a parlay, uh, and I'm going to uh, to put him with Campos and uh, Velasquez. Pretty much the, the big three favorites on this card is uh, is my play here, and uh, I think that. Uh, Chandler, man, I mean, barring another fluky situation, I really think Chandler, this is his fight to lose. Uh, and and it, you put all three of these guys together, and uh, you're going to get it at minus 127. So that feels pretty, uh, you know, almost even money. And, and, and that said, before I go any further, even, just in the amount of time since we have been, since we have started recording here, AJ McKee has doubled and he is now minus 1500. Jesus. AJ McKee now minus 1500 with Crawford coming back at plus 825. So uh, I'm factoring in this updated, uh, updated line here and I still get minus 127 with it which is pretty good so uh, I'm going to go 10 units on that parlay at minus 127 uh, on the three the three big favorites there Justin uh, Brent Premise and, and Michael Chandler fights kind of interesting I mean it, it didn't because of an injury last time but it wasn't I mean it, it was because of those those low calf kicks um, we've seen a couple guys get hurt with those it's almost like it pinches off a nerve and you just kind of lose control. Um, it almost happened to uh, uh, in, in the last uh, Demetrius Johnson fight. Um, oh, Henry Cejudo got took a couple of those kicks early in the fight, and that foot it, it's it's weird. It almost looks like like they've broken some bones in their foot. You know, the foot just becomes real unstable. Um, but it's it's from those low calf kicks. Um, but I mean, you know. Michael Chandler should win that fight, you know, by by all indications. But but Brent Premise is, you know, he's he's a, a solid athlete and a and a well-rounded fighter too. So at at those odds, I wouldn't I wouldn't play with it. Greg, your thoughts? I'm gonna parlay Chandler down the road as well with McKee. I'm probably gonna do a trailer bet again. This is with some things on uh, with a, a few one of the other fights on another uh, card that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm probably going to okay. throw them on. Probably make a few of them up. Okay. All right, but uh, as far as a straight play goes, uh, passing on Prince Chandler. Yes, sir. Too expensive. I get it. I get it. Moving on. Uh, that that brings us to the second half of our doubleheader. Uh, and uh, to recap, the only uh, plays made thus far are from myself on uh, on this Bellator card. Uh, Javier Yala, uh, uh, five units, and then a parlay with AJ McKee, Juliana Velasquez, and uh, and Michael Chandler at minus one twenty seven for ten units. Moving on to Bellator 213, that goes down on Saturday night, and that's this is going to be a DAZN card. The whole thing's on DAZN, and I think you can watch, you can get a free trial to DAZN if you've not already used that privilege job. Uh, and on this one, uh, it is uh, pretty pretty soft. Man, I, I'm curious what you guys think is the better card because both of these have their strong points. You know, the the main event I think is better on the first card, but in this one, we've got one of our uh, our quarterfinals in the welterweight Grand Prix, which is pretty cool. Uh, we have uh, Ed Ruth taking on Neiman Gracie, and both these guys are undefeated. 
Uh, Ed Root's 6-0, and Neiman Gracie's 8-0, uh, and they're fighting in this welterweight Grand Prix quarterfinal. Ed Ruth is minus 400, and he's really gone up. I think he opened more in the realm of like 250. Now he's minus 400, Neiman Gracie plus 310. And uh, and then, of, of course, uh, we've also got Rafael Carvalho. He is minus 125, taking on the uh, the dragon, Leota Machida, uh, coming over to Bellator. Uh, Carvalho is minus 125. Machida is minus 105. Greg, your thoughts on these two? I like Machida at uh, minus 105. And Eamon uh, Gracie, undefeated, uh, Plus three ten. That's an incredible line right there. What was he? What was he starting out plus? Uh, he was like plus two. Yeah, I think it opened at like Ruth in the realm of like minus two fifty and Gracie like plus two hundred. Oh, well, I don't have no play there at all. But the uh, the Raphael Leota fight that one that one's kind of interesting. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see some uh, some grappling in that match at all anywhere? Or are we gonna see some scary ass striking from Leota? I'm gonna put a uh, ten units on Leota. Machida. 10 units from uh, Greg Hopkins on Machida, uh, only minus 105. That feels like a pretty good play uh, to me as well. I'm going to follow suit uh, and uh, and go five units uh, on Machida there at minus 105. Justin. Ed Ruth, man, is, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. Uh, the odds, I have to take a play uh, on, on Neiman Gracie, though, you know, that that's – his whole style is is made to 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 defeat the big wrestler like that. Um, so I'm, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, five units on Neiman Gracie, and I'm gonna stay away from uh, Machida and Carvalho. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Machida is the better fighter, and he's supposed to he's supposed to beat this guy as long as as long as he shows up and fights to his ability. Machida is supposed to win as long as he doesn't show up and all of a sudden is just dropped off, which is possible. Um, and I'm with you on that, Gracie. I, I'm not gonna I'm gonna pass on the on betting it, but there's no way I could take Ruth minus 400 here because this just feels like a parlay buster to me. If, if ever there was one, so uh, I can't, and I and I don't want to parlay Ruth either, honestly. So, uh, but that said, I mean, I could totally see him 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 wrestle fucking him for three rounds and and and, and getting the win, but um, but he's going to be in danger the whole time. That's the that's the thing. So uh, that brings us to the co-main event. This one is kind of interesting, and uh, we've got uh, King Mo. Uh, Muhammad the Wall, and uh, he's going to be taking on Liam Geary. Uh, King Mo is minus two fifty, with McGeary coming back plus one ninety. And then in the main event, uh, we have got a title fight: uh, Alima Lay McFarland minus one eighty over the uh, Canadian Valerie Letourneau, uh, who is plus one fifty. Just to break it down, Liam McGeary and uh, King Mo fight is is kind of interesting. You know, it would have been a pretty big fight three or four years ago. Uh, at this point, Liam McGeary's coming off of a couple of losses. King Mo's coming off a loss. I think Liam McGeary's last loss was was to leg kicks uh, to Nimkov. Um, I'm not sure what to make of, of either one of these guys at, at this stage in their career, really. You know, King Mo's coming off a loss to Ryan Bader. You know, obviously, that's not, that's not you know, too bad, but... Um, he's just kind of been back and forth uh, since, you know, since probably, I guess, what, 2015, I guess it looks yeah. like. 
Uh, he's just kind of win one, lose one. Um, you know, lost to Bader, beat Rampage, lost to uh, Crow Crop. You know, uh, so I'm not really sure. Not really sure how to play on on that one. I probably just stay away from it. Um, the main event, though, I think is fun. Uh, Valerie Letourneau, um, you know, real real tough Canadian. Um, you know, she she impressed me in the UFC. You know, when, when she first came out, uh, but then she's you know she lost to Joanna uh, and Joanna Calderwood, um, and I think she lost one more, um, and then they cut her, but. Um, you know, she really, she really is only lost to, to some of the top, top girls, uh, out there. Halima Lay McFarland is, is going to be fighting at home. You know, they're taking this into Hawaii. Um, but I, I like Valerie Letourneau as the underdog on this one. Uh, so I'm going to take five units on that. Justin makes a play on Valerie Letourneau and, uh, and she is plus 150, and uh, that's going to be for five units. Uh, and that's it for those two? Yeah. All right, Greg, any play on those two? McGeary, what's he, what was he, plus 190? He is. Yeah, I want three units there. I think King Mun needs to be faded. Yeah, I, I actually, if I'm telling what's that now? I'm sorry. I'm just saying, yeah, he's right. He's asked what, like, three or four years ago would have been interesting, but nowadays I just, if you're, you're you, you know you're fighting a headhunter, you know what to watch for, you know what to look out for. You get hit by you might you're going to sleep, but if you can dodge it, you're gonna he's gonna fade and you're gonna beat him at the end of the second. Anything on the main event for you? No, no, thank you. I'm passing. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that as well. It's a really hard fight to uh, to call. I I am going to follow suit on Liam McGeary and uh, I'm going to go two units at plus one ninety. And it's not that I really have any sort of confidence at all in McGeary. It's more a fate of King Mo. And I honestly probably, I mean, I won't be surprised, I guess, by anything that happens here because I, I don't think either guy is really, you know, the, the picture of consistency at this point. <laughs> so. uh, another another note on that, I mean, Liam McGeary is, is going to be the much bigger guy. And, you know, he can strike too. King Mo. You know, is is a, is a striker with striker with a, a, a hard wrestling background. So, if it gets dirty, that's where King Mo is going to try to take it. And you know, Liam McGeary can can submit you off of his back just as well as he can do anything. So, um, I think that that Liam McGeary definitely is a good. Play. I'm going to do that one too. Let me throw five units on that. Liam McGeary at plus one ninety. Also now for Justin for uh, for five units and uh, man, right? So it's a sweep from the panel. There we're all on the underdog. Uh, Liam McGeary plus one ninety. Uh, gentlemen, before we move, before we move on to the UFC, uh, what is your pick of these two Bellator cards? Which is uh, which is the better card in your opinion? Uh, Bellator two twelve, which has. Uh, you know, of course, the, the lightweight championship fight with Primus and Chandler. It's got Frank Mir Ayala, AJ McKee, um, in the, and then uh, the, the next night we've got Bellator 213. That's got your uh, world title fight with McFarlane Letourneau. You got King Mo. You got Machida. You got Ed Ruth and Gracie in the tournament. Greg, which is the better card? I think it's all going to depend on the, whoever wears the stupidest Christmas sweater, like they did in the LFA last uh, Friday night. Oh right! I saw that. Those were those were definitely gaudy. <laughs> I mean, I hope to see that somewhere else. Uh, not, but <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm excited to see Machida down in Bellator. I don't know why I'm excited to see him move 
I guess, down in competition, you would say maybe. But like, I think it's uh, exciting, too, at the same time because you get to see where, I guess, the old old UFC stands with these other guys in the Bellator. I really enjoy it. I'm excited to see Frank Mir, uh, and I'm excited to see Michael Chandler, who, in my opinion, is the greatest fighter not in the UFC. Uh, you get to see two undefeated. I guess I'd have to go with, uh, I guess, a... Uh, I'm I'm more excited to see Michael Chandler over anything. So I guess two twelve. I'm going to agree with you there. I think I'm I'm most excited for Bellator two twelve as well. Uh, I want to see Chandler Primus again. Uh, Mira Yala is a bit of a curiosity. McKee, I think uh, even though we know that he's going to win, he always kind of brings a bit of a spectacle. That's uh, that's the card for me. Justin, your pick of the two. It was pretty up in the air for me until you guys both said that one, and then it made it pretty clear that I was going to have to go with uh, Saturday. Oh. Uh, a big one thing that, that sets it apart for me, I think, is uh, you know Bellator breaking into Hawaii. So you know the UFC's been talking about going there for years and and hasn't hasn't been able to. They've got you know their one of their best champions is from there and and still haven't broken into that market yet and. Uh, so for Bellator to, to break into the Hawaiian market first, I think makes uh makes Saturday a, a a little bit bigger of a card for me. So that will uh, that will wrap up our Bellator preview. We're all treading fairly lightly, comparatively speaking, to uh, our normal uh, our normal plays. We'll see if that uh, holds holds to be uh, true for this UFC on Fox card. And that's what we're going to dive into now. Uh, we've got fight pass prelims beginning uh, the evening. I'm guessing sometime around 630 or so. Three of those on uh, on the slate. Heavyweights, Juan Adams, minus 425 over Chris De La Roca, plus 340. Uh, now, I will preface this with saying that there are not full totals on all of these fights. However, the ones that don't have an actual total, there is a proposition on whether or not the fight will or will not go the distance. So essentially, uh, in essence, giving you a total of a full three. So uh, Juan Adams, again, he's a contender series guy, minus 425 over Chris De La Rocha, plus 340. Yes, the fight goes to a decision, is plus 400. Uh, inside the distance is minus 600. So the heavyweights, they are counting on getting a finish from. Also, Zach Cummings, minus 290 over Trevor Smith, plus 245. Yes, there is a decision, minus 185. Inside the distance is plus 145. And finally, on the fight pass prelims, Adam Milstead versus Mike Rodriguez. Milstead minus 160, Rodriguez plus 140. Yes, we get a decision is plus 145 inside the distance, minus 185. Justin, your thoughts on this fight pass prelims? Any plays, anything that we need to see? I think that De La Rocha and, uh, and, and Juan Adams is worth tuning in early for, you know, both big heavyweights, 6'4", 6'5". Um, you know, Juan's four no four knockouts. De La Rocha's got three or four knockouts on his resume. Um, I think that'll you know that'll be a fun one just to kind of get the night started. Um, and like you said, the odds kind of reflect what'll happen there. Uh, probably not going to be seeing a decision. Um, looking forward to seeing Zach Cummins uh, fight. You know, he's he came off the Ultimate Fighter. He's been around for a while. Um, 21 and, and six, um, you know, yeah, I think this is his fight to win. Uh, he, you know, he should be able to go out there and, and out, out wrestle Smith and, um, kind of grind out a decision. Um, that that's kind of what I see happening in that one. 
another fun one will be uh, Milstead and, and Rodriguez. You know, both those guys are those guys are almost identical. Um, you know, height. Uh, their records are identical. Um, you know, uh, Milstead. You know, he's he he lost to to Curtis Blades. Um, you know, he lost a split decision in his last one, but before that, you know, he lost to Curtis Blades, and and he was on a long run before that. So, um, you know, he he's got some potential. Mike Rodriguez, I don't know uh, too much about. Um, I think he's just pretty flashy. Came off the ultimate or off the Contender Series, uh, I believe, and uh, I think he's had one fight in the UFC, maybe. But probably be a fun one to watch. Uh, I wouldn't make any any plays on on that one. Maybe uh, I might do a, a Zach Cummins and uh, Zach Cummins and, and Mike Rodriguez parlay for for two units. Uh, Zach Cummings uh, when parlayed with Mike Rodriguez it gets you plus two twenty three. Uh, so plus two twenty three, and that is uh, you said for two units. Yeah. And that is uh, Rodriguez and uh, Zach Cummings uh, together. They're interesting. Um, that one for me, that uh, <clears throat> that little run of fights, uh, I, I will be tuning in. I think it will. Be, I think there's some uh, uh, potential for excitement there. Um, Adams is definitely the guy that they're trying to trying to push here, and I believe that that most likely he uh, he's gonna he's gonna get it done. But at minus four twenty five, I really couldn't couldn't touch that of course uh the odds do reflect that stoppage and and i really can't get on that either so maybe i can find something to parlay Juan with here in a bit but uh those heavyweights are scary you know and 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 honestly i'd say Juan's strength of competition is probably lacking uh to say the least so um that that's a hard one for me uh trevor smith and zach cummings are both kind of it's kind of like the opposite of what you normally get on fight pass with your with your up and comers and contenders and whatnot, these guys are on the on the backside of their careers, uh, both veterans, and so uh, it's kind of a, a, a probably a must-win fight potentially for Trevor Smith. I could say uh, I do like Cummings again, though at minus two ninety, it just seems high, and you know, I worry that Trevor Smith may can grind him. He's got a little bit of wrestling, um, and then of course uh, Milstead and Rodriguez. I I kind of like that Rodriguez as well. Um, Milstead, I, I read an article earlier today that Milstead said he would retire if uh, if my if he lost to Mike Rodriguez. So uh, I'm going to go with a uh, a straight play only on uh, Rodriguez plus 140, and I'm going to do that for uh, for three units. Greg, anything from you? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to this on the computer. What did y'all say the under was for that fight, or the under for that fight? And you said there probably would be a finish. On Rodriguez and Milstead, the heavyweight. When I'm talking, oh no, the heavyweight. Yeah, the heavyweight. Uh, the the yes that we see a decision is plus four hundred, and inside the distance is minus six hundred. Inside distance, two and a half is most shit. It's minus. Never mind. No, no play ever. On all yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's tough action. Uh, moving on to the Fox Sports One prelims at, at I guess that'll probably be. 
maybe seven o'clock or so. I'm not sure. Oh, this all might be like really early. Actually, I'm probably like giving a bunch of false information. This shit probably starts like really early because usually when they're on Big Boy Fox, they have to be going with the main card by eight instead of ten. So uh, leading that off, we've got Dan Ige. Um, he's minus one seventy over Jordan Griffin, who is plus one fifty. The total is two and a half. Over is minus 105, under minus 115. And then a uh, guy that we know, uh, we've got Gerald Mearshart. Uh, he's taking on Jack Hermanson. Uh, and Jack Hermanson is the favorite. Minus 190, Mearshart coming back, plus 165. The total is one and a half rounds. Over minus 135, under plus 115. Greg, break it down. Um, I was looking at both of these stats right here, and I was trying to find out um, whether what you got a uh, Hermanson coming in at a minus one eighty five, he's seventeen and four record. And Gerald, I don't want to bet with my heart. He's twenty eight and nine, <laughs> so I, I, like I last time I bet with my heart, and I thought somebody was going to win. They ended up losing, uh, so I'm going to stay away from the. I'm going to stay away from Gerald on this. And I'm sorry, but uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to put three three units on Dan here. Hopefully, he comes out with the victory earlier on. That's one of the ones I'll probably throw in my draft DraftKings too. Try what I'm going to do there. Ige? A three I'm sorry. Uh, three units on Dan Ige? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he is uh, minus 170. Justin, any, any plays here? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, take uh, Mershart for, uh, we'll do five units on Mershart. Uh, and then that is at plus 165 there. And I'm going to follow suit, man. I'm going to go with Mearshart as well. Uh, I think he is the more well-rounded of the two. I, uh, Hermanson's tough, man. I mean, he's tough as shit. Uh, I don't know that Mearshart wants to strike with him, but I think as long as Mearshart can get him to the ground, he he can submit him. And he's tough enough. I think Mearshart's tough enough to to at least kind of be in there with him striking without just getting faded real bad like like it was against uh, Santos. So uh, I'm going to go with Mearshart as well, and I'm going to copy Justin and go five units uh, on GM3 uh, at plus 165. Um, and uh, I'm going to leave the Ige and Griffin fight alone. You as well, Justin? Yeah, I'm not touching that one. Okay. Uh, of course, that gets us on to the uh, middle portion of our prelims. Uh, we've got Dracar Close, minus 245, taking on Bobby Green, plus 205. The total's two and a half rounds, with over being minus 320, under plus 260. Also, we have Jared Gordon taking on Joaquim Silva. Uh, Gordon minus 155, Silva plus 135. The total's two and a half, over minus 175, under plus 155. I worry that this is going to be the segment of the show that loses me uh, because I, I could see after Mearshart, hopefully Mearshart wins, and then I, I'm, I'm like pumped, and then I worry that these next two fights are going to suck it out of me because uh, Gordon's going to want to wrestle for sure. Uh, he's got good wrestling and most likely can get this decision, but I think Silva's still dangerous enough to where I'm just scared to play it, so I'll probably pass there. Uh, close... He's looked good. Um, you know, he got a win over uh, Lando Venata, which was he wasn't supposed to win. But Green is still a pretty live dog at plus two hundred five. So I'm I'm still just gonna I, I would lean maybe Green just with the value, but I'm gonna pass uh, ultimately on both of these. Uh, Justin, I'm gonna stay away for now. I might take close 
uh, in a parlay later on, but uh, no straight plays for me there, I don't think. Greg? No, I'm going to pass too. All right, that brings us to the uh, the top of the prelims, and we have got uh, the females in action as uh, Andrea KGB Lee minus two forty five over Jesse uh, Jesse Jess Jessica Rose Clark. She is plus two oh five, and the uh, yes, the fight goes to a decision is minus three twenty. Inside the distance is plus two forty. Also, we have Dwight Grant, another contender series alum, minus two ninety over Zach Oddow. Uh, who is plus 245. The total there is one and a half rounds over minus 130, under plus 110. Justin. KGB is smoking. <laughs> uh, that's the word, huh? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a, a, a fun fight, man. I'm, I mean, you know, both girls are tough, uh, you know, and, and come to fight. Um, KGB, uh, I think, I think is, is getting the push here. Uh Rightfully so. Um, I think I'm going to actually parlay her with with Jakar Close um, for five units. If you want to go ahead and take note of that. Okay, so uh, so you want to put uh, Andrea Lee and Jakar Close together? That gets you essentially even money. It's minus one hundred two. We're going to call that even. Yeah. Uh, and then then you got uh, Zach Otal and and Dwight Grant. Zach. His, his last fight was Sage Northcutt. Since he's gotten into the UFC, he's just kind of been uh, back and forth. You know, lost to Sage, lost to Jang Li Liang, and uh, Sergio Marias. Um, you know, beat Mike Mike Pyle and and somebody I don't know who they are. Uh, but um, you know, he, he, I don't know. He, he was kind of looked at it as a as a you know a, a a promising up and comer there for a while. He just, he just hasn't really done anything, uh, you know, and then he's fighting uh, Dwight Grant out of uh, American kickboxing Academy with DC and, um, you know, all those guys eight and one, um, he, this guy's, you know, a, a stud athlete. Uh, he's, he's on like a seven fight win streak. I think uh, coming off of the contender series, I think he fought in Bellator once, um, but I'm going to have to, to go with him on this one. Um, uh, take five units for, for Dwight Grant, five units for Dwight Grant. And you said five units on that, uh, KGB in close, uh, parlay as well. Yeah. All right, Greg, uh, any play uh, for you on these two? Actually, I'm going to parlay Andrea later <clears throat> with this parlay I'm going to make. And then Grant, what was he minus what? Uh, Grant's minus two ninety. That's two ninety. I'm probably gonna throw him on a parlay just as well, just because I'm gonna make. I, I what am I? I'm essentially down. I'm trying to make a big time trailer bet again. So just at the end of there, I've already put a couple of bets down. I'm trying to keep block tab on everything I got here. I hear uh, you. I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm going to actually go with I, what I see to be a little bit of value here on Jessica Rose Clark. You know, she gets overlooked a lot and has, and has some beats. Some girls, she's probably not there to beat. So uh, she's tough, you know. So I'm going to go with uh, with two units 
on uh, on Jessica Rose Clark uh, plus two hundred five, and uh, I, I, it's kind of a flyer. We'll just see. And then uh, I, I like the total uh, over uh, one and a half rounds on the uh, Zach Otto and Dwight Grant fight. I think Grant is is the rightful favorite. I think Otto has looked somewhat durable out there if anything so i'm going to go with uh five units on the over one and a half rounds at minus uh at minus 130 uh, on that zach auto fight uh, against dwight grant and i think uh you know hopefully at least gets into you know late into the second round there um Okay, that gets us through uh, and onto the main card. It's just a four-fight main card um, uh, on these on these Fox uh, Fox shows. Uh, we can't expect good production though. They always have really good like video intros on all the fights whenever they have the Fox card. So uh, that that's kind of cool, if anything. Uh, so when we go to the main card, we've got uh, a couple good ones, some 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 familiar names. We got uh, Charles Oliveira minus three ten. Over Jim Miller, plus 255. The total is only one and a half, which is surprising, with the uh, over being plus 105, the unders minus 125. And then we've also got uh, Sergio Pettis taking on Rob Font. Pettis opened as the favorite. The money has come in huge on Rob Font, who is now a fairly sizable favorite at minus 170, with Pettis coming back at plus 150, two and a half rounds over minus 190, under plus 165. Greg, break it down. I've been watching Sergio Pettis now for a good while, and uh, it has nothing to do with Anthony Pettis whatsoever. I just happened to watch him earlier on in his career and seen him, and then realized his uh, brother's fought and whatnot in a higher. You know, he was what was it, WC? I believe that's where he was, right? And then he went to yeah. UFC. Yeah, he was the champion. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was just looking at both their records. Both of them have four losses on their record, and uh, and but. And I've always been impressed by Sergio Pettis, but his last fight didn't really impress me all that much. And it makes me want to fade him in this fight, but I really like him valued at plus 135. But I can't I can't make a play on this one. But as far as the uh, Oliveira and Jim Miller goes, the only way I see Jim Miller winning is just hitting the haymaker and knocking him out completely. And uh, But other than that, I can see Oliveira dominating on the ground. Uh, so I'm going to also throw Oliveira on a parlay down road. Justin. I like uh, Sergio Pettis in this one at, at plus money. I'm going to take five on Sergio. And plus then I'm going to, yeah, and then I'm also do a, the parlay with Sergio, Oliveira, and uh, Grant. So we've got a, a three-way parlay with uh, Sergio Pettis, uh, Charles Oliveira, and Dwight Grant. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, man, that pays a, a nice plus three fifty. Throw throw KGB on there. KG, KGB brings it up to plus five twenty five, and put five units on it. Five units on that four way, and those are all those are all favorites except for Pettis, who who opened uh, as as the favorite, which you know is that's got to be worth something, I suppose. Um, man, I Font, I worry Font is a little big. Uh, for Pettis, because Pettis has fought at flyweight, and Fawn is a pretty decent sized bantamweight, so it I really can't bite. I don't think um, on on the side on that one. I if 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 I were to go either way, it would probably be Fawn, but I'm not I'm not going to do it. Um, I kind of maybe see a little value in the over one and a half rounds 
at essentially a little bit of plus money on Oliver and Miller, just uh, just kind of gambling on Jim Miller's uh, toughness and and, uh, and durability and ability and a, you know ability to survive <laughs> uh, into the late into the second round. So I'm going to go five units on the over one and a half rounds on uh, on Miller and Oliveira, and um, that's going to be uh, at uh, plus one hundred five. Yeah, uh, at, at uh, over one and a half rounds, and of course that brings us to our main two fights. The uh, the co-main event is uh, a good one. This should be an action fight. We've got uh, Edson Barboza taking on Dan Hooker. Uh, Barboza is the oh-so slight favorite, minus one fifteen. Hooker minus one hundred five. This has just hovered around even pretty much for the last few days. Total is two and a half rounds. The uh, over is even money, plus 100. The under is minus 120. Man, this is one that I really will have a hard time. Uh, I really have a hard time making a making a side call on this. I would. I feel like they want me to bet on Barboza, <laughs> but I'm. I just Hooker is uh, Hooker is kind of the the guy, also the hot hand you know, at the same time. So I. I'm going to pass. I'm going to just enjoy this one, and uh, I've got to pass. We're, we'll do the co-main and the main separately. Uh, Justin, any play on this co-main event? I'm the same. I'm I'm with you there. I feel like, you know, I feel like Barbosa should win this fight. I mean, you know, he's, he's had a tough stretch, and he's a massive step up in competition for Dan Hooker. But, you know, I don't know. It's just, you know, the odds being that close, it's just uh, too much of a risk, I think, to go either way on it. I don't know. It's, it should be a great fight. I mean, I, I doubt you'll see any any ground game in it. Uh, should be, a, you know, a stand up fight. Let's see what was the. Uh, actually, I will take the under on that. You think it was under two and a half? Yeah, under two and a half is minus one twenty. Yeah, let me um, let me parlay that with the. Uh, Parlay that with the under for the uh, Oliveira and Miller fight. Okay, so uh, again, that would be the uh, the let's see, Oliveira. You think we're going to get a finish in both those fights? You're saying under one and a half rounds in the Oliveira Miller, and you're saying under two and a half rounds in uh, in Hooker versus Barboza. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so that that gets plus two thirty five. So how many units was that again? Five. For five units. Staying pretty uniform here. Uh, five five units, uh, and that was a plus 235. Uh, Greg, any play on the co-main event? No, I can't pull a trigger either. Yeah, it's a tough one. And then, of course, the main event. This is uh, the re- it's a rematch. These guys have been talking talking that talk a little bit here. It is the Motown Phenom Kevin Lee taking on Raging Al Iaquinta. And uh, man, this one is uh, th- this one should be fireworks. I think it's a it's a rematch. The first time uh, we saw uh, we saw Raging Al get him. But uh, but now uh, it's a whole different fighter. I think that was the first, maybe the first time Kevin Lee fought in the UFC, and he just doesn't even look like the same person. 
you know, he's he, he's just really developed and matured and just a much better fighter. Kevin Lee now uh, is the favorite, minus 300. And uh, Al Iaquinta comes back at plus 250. Uh, yes, the fight will go to a decision, is plus 185. And uh, inside the distance is minus 265. Ah, uh, man. Um, I could maybe this is a five round fight though, isn't it? Because it's the main event. Uh, that makes it tougher. I can't really touch the total. I want to take Ally Quinta, but I really am having a hard time. Uh, but Kevin Lee has has really come so far. But you know, I'm going to add plus two fifty is too much. I'm taking Ally Quinta. Give me Al for three units um, at plus two fifty. Uh, Justin. I'm actually going to do the over, uh, or you know, to go go to a decision uh, plus one eighty five. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do that uh, for ten units. Oh wow! So you think we're getting five full rounds out of these guys? Yeah, and then I'm also going to take Al for three units. At plus two fifty, Al Iquinta, we are in agreement on. Uh, Greg, uh, the, your your thoughts on this main event? Uh, I think that Kevin Lee has become a much well-rounded fighter since the last time they fought. And I think that uh, Ali Aquinta, he is a uh, stand-up game. He's pretty good. He's got some good boxing, but uh, he was highly exposed. I mean, his wrestling games, he had some good shot defense, but his wrestling games not up to par. And Kevin Lee's definitely going to try to wrestle on that fight and uh, could turn into a five-round wrestle fuck if we don't see a finish. So, um. This is uh, what I was planning on doing. I'm going to fade you guys on the Kevin Lee, but I'm going to make me a Lee parlay. Okay. It's going to be a, Ke- a Kevin Lee, and it's going to be an Andrew Lee, and it's going to be a Charles Oliveira. Oh, <laughs> I like it. So so we got, uh, we got Charles Oliveira. At minus 310, Kevin Lee, minus 300, Andrea Lee, no relation, minus 245. That comes back at plus 150. So that's pretty – that's actually – Pretty solid, man. Like I, I, I'm going without just because I like those odds. But I gotta say, uh, those are three uh, parlay pieces that uh, you know they're not too expensive and they get a nice little return on them. Um, I think Oliveira is the most safe. You'll be sweating the other two potentially. How many units? I'm just gonna go uh, five units on that and right. Five units, uh, um, and that's at plus 150. Okay. Uh, and w- w- did you have something else? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take – I'm going to make the, the parlay that I've been saying I've been putting off earlier all night, and this is going to be my – whatever I have left out of my pick tonight, which is uh, not much, is what we're going to gamble with for this little bit. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and snatch Grant. Thank okay. You like Grant? McKee. Uh, Wait, he was minus eight fifty. down to what fifteen hundred now. Yeah, did you say somebody after Grant or was McKee the second name? McKee. Okay, got it. He's minus one fifteen hundred. Got him. Another one that I'm uh really intense is like anticipating watching was the uh, Chandler fight. I'm gonna throw him on there because that last fight they had, like you said, those kicks and that nerve, that nerve problem in his leg. That was the moment I became a Michael Chandler fan, and that oh. and I'm ready. I've been waiting for this rematch. Two years is too long. Like, I've been waiting to see this thing. I want that fight on there. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and throw the uh, the Lee ones on there, too. Because I, I just have a high, 
have a lot of confidence in the lead parlay with them. So I think that's a one, two, three, four, five, six, six, six man parlay. It is plus three twenty five on all them favorites. All them favorites, which is a horrible idea. <laughs> so so uh, that's with, uh, what's that now? I'm plus plus three hundred. You said it was plus three twenty five. Plus three twenty five. Let's go three and a half units on that. That's uh, yeah. with um, three and a half three and a half units. And uh, that is uh, plus three twenty-five. Okay, got it. All right, that's, that'll be it for me. All right, uh, Justin. Any last uh, any parting plays uh, the, with an overview of the card now complete, if you will? Nothing. It, it's all for me. I gotta gotta have something to play with uh, for that Jones and Gustafson card. I hear you. I hear you. That is also it for me. Not a lot of parlays for me this time. I'm going more a diff, little different route. I got burnt so badly uh, on the parlays last time. So it's uh, a little bit uh, more of the straight road here for me this week. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I think it's going to be uh, a long weekend of fights. And and really, Bellator's cards, uh, Bellator's cards have me interested. You know, I'm I'm pretty excited for Friday night's card now that we've started talking about it. You know. I, I want to see that Chandler fight now, and then the Mir fight as a curiosity, of course. Uh, and then Saturday, both those cards uh, should be pretty good. So uh, lots of good free entertainment for us this weekend uh, as we head into the Christmas holidays next weekend and what will be a slow week. Justin, we've got to deliver something next week on a completely dead week. We're going to have to do that deep dive, man. We're going to have to finally just like buckle down and do it. Yeah, we had, uh, got some research to do this week. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We might end up talking about stuff. We might dig, uh, be digging up footage of your ass in there. Uh-oh. <laughs> That'd be cool if we could find I don't know. You and Greg have never fought on the same card, though, because, like, you essentially fought during Greg's uh, hiatus, if you will. <clears throat> that would have been cool if we could have found an event that you guys were both on, though. Yeah. Ah, cool. Well, that said, that wraps up our picks for this weekend's cards. Tread with caution, uh, listeners. Uh, if you find some nuggets of information that you that you like, uh, feel free to follow us. But uh, like I said, tread with caution because our record as of late has been spotty at best. Uh, we'll see how it all how it all shakes out. We'll recap it next week. I appreciate my co-host Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins for joining us and uh, spending the time with us. On another edition of the Valor Hour, that is it for this weekend. Oh, I've got to thank my our guest, too. Thank you to the All-American Kid, Sid Wheeler. Uh, and good luck to him in his main event for Brave next weekend in India. Till next week, I'm Tim Loy signing out. Episode 94, it's over. Gone. See ya later. When you are looking for the latest news and notes going on in the world of mixed martial arts, the MMA Report podcast is the place to come. News from the UFC, Bellator, World Series of Fighting, and so much more. And also we'll have interviews with some of your favorite fighters. The MMA Report podcast can be found on RadioInfluence.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud.